There are two things really unique to each GeoDrops unit. One is the AI component of it and the fact that it has a very powerful computer chip inside. And the second is the fact that um, it actually uses really innovative sensor technology that at least we um, have tried and haven't seen down the market yet. This is Andy Humphrey. Welcome to episode 114 of the Sprinkler Nerd Show, where it is my job to speak with world-class water and landscape entrepreneurs from all walks of life and to tease out their habits, their technology, and their lessons learned so that it may inspire you. This week, I had the privilege to speak with Lawrence Yang. Lawrence is an engineer, a dreamer, and the founder and CEO of GeoDrops. Lawrence was one of the first 20 hardware engineers at Google and has been a pioneer in reinventing how modern computer systems work in the cloud era. His engineering team consists of many senior engineers and lead designers from many of the top U.S. high-tech companies, including Google, Facebook, Microsoft, Twitter, and more. Lawrence and his team believe that they can take the very best in artificial intelligence, AI, robotics, and user experience to perhaps the least technologically advanced place in our lives, the backyard. I have not used GeoDrops yet, so I need to be kind of careful not to be so damn excited. However, if you know me, you know that I am very opportunistic, and I do believe that the world has been waiting for someone like Lawrence and his team to bring a product like GeoDrops to market. My advice to you, even though you're not asking for my advice, is to visit geodrops.com, join their launch day email list so that you can be notified as soon as the product is available. And if you're truly a sprinkler nerd, and I know that you are, pre-order a Geodrop so you can be the first to receive it. Without further ado, please enjoy this short discussion with Lawrence Ying. If you are an irrigation professional, old or new, who designs, installs, or maintains high-end residential, commercial, or municipal properties, and you want to use technology to improve your business, to get a leg up on your competition, even if you're an old-school irrigator from the days of hydraulic systems, this show is for you. As you guys know, I have been working with soil moisture sensors for almost 20 years, on the commercial, municipal, and industrial side of the irrigation industry. And I've always wanted for there to be a soil moisture sensor that could be used in any home. But there has been some problems with this, mostly because this technology has been expensive. It's required wires. And a lot of the equipment on the market today just doesn't last very long. And so I really think that GeoDrops has a really promising solution, and I'm super excited to talk with Lawrence about his technology. Welcome, Lawrence. Thank you, Andy. I'm so excited to be here today and to share with everyone what we've been working on. And actually, uh, as a special today, going inside the inside of um, GeoDrops, talk about the inner workings of it. Excellent. Could you start by talking about well, let me step back. There's sort of three things that come to mind as it relates to soil moisture sensors, and I'll just say them quickly. Number one is the accuracy of the sensor. Number two is kind of the construction and the durability. And then number three is the wireless component of the sensor. And I think that if somebody could nail all three of those components, then they have a real viable opportunity to mass produce and bring a product to market. So could you tell us about the accuracy of your sensor? 
Sure. And yeah, just to address all three, it's what we're trying to do. We're trying to address all three. <laughs> so uh, regarding the accuracy, uh, maybe I'll need to step back a little bit and just talk about different types of um, soil measurement. And there are really two things that are really unique about geodrops. Or we're actually calling this an AI computer because the computer portion of this costs way more than the sensor portion of this device. <laughs> there are two things really unique to each GeoDrops unit. One is the AI component of it and the fact that it has a very powerful computer chip inside. And the second is the fact that um, it actually uses really innovative sensor technology that at least we um, have tried and haven't seen that on the market yet. So in terms of a computer, the AI computer... This is actually what the, um, oh, by the way, the device is shaped like a water drop, like a mm -hmm. droplet. So that's nice. our design language. And, and we actually call this a droplet. So each one of this is a GeoDrops droplet. This is a computer chip that actually goes inside. So you can see that the entire mm -hmm. computer board almost fills the entire part, top part of the entire device. So the entire top is just a beefy computer all on top. Excellent. Um, so it actually does a lot of AI. And so the AI technology that we have implemented, and we're still working a lot because AI takes a lot of software. But the things that we are um, trying to make available for our initial beta customers right now are things like uh, AI denoise, um, just because in the environment, if there's wind, um, animals jumping on these, we detect a lot of noises. And so the ability to filter our noises and say, hey, when is this? A noise when this is a true um, soil information that we're actually gathering is extremely important. The second thing that we've also discovered is sometimes these sensors actually get touched. So that means if someone's running, say if this were installed inside a lawn, this is really designed for flowers and lawns because we designed this to roughly be the same size as a sprinkler head. Mm -hmm. So that once this gets installed inside the lawn, right, it's almost hidden. And so if people are running on the lawn, if they just step on it, it's usually fine. But if people happen to knock it off, say this gets tilted by 45 degrees or something major, for example, the AI algorithm would actually pick this up and say, hey, I'm having trouble getting a nice soil lock, mm -hmm. for example. So those are things that we haven't seen before on other sensors. Other sensors, they don't do as much data processing. We do way more of things like these. So yeah. we can understand the accuracy. We even know the the amount of confidence level. And when the confidence level gets low enough, we're not getting a nice soil lock. We can even alert the users and, hey, please check your sensor just to see like what's going on. Wow. So, wow. That's pretty amazing to have AI not in the cloud or in a controller, but actually in the sensor. Very impressive. We we actually have AI in the cloud too, but um, in the sensor, this is edge AI. So, but yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why the sensor is quite expensive. It's just quite expensive to build just because of all those compute and uh, the CPU that we're actually yeah. putting on. Now, when you say expensive, that's relative, okay? Because from my experience, expensive <laughs> is thousands of dollars, right, on a commercial, municipal, institutional type of a system. Now, what is expensive for the residents? Yeah, so uh, for the residents, uh, we've talked to a lot of alpha um, um, users early on, and now we're getting to the beta stage. Um, a lot of time when we first started out saying soil sensor, they're thinking, hey, if I buy a sensor on Amazon, because people just immediately go on Amazon to search for, oh, soil sensor, that's a great idea. A lot of time what they find is, hey, I can buy a soil sensor for $20 to $30. And they're like, wait, how much are you selling this thing? You're like, your sales price is like $80, uh, sorry, $90, $89, $90, right? And so they're like, why is this so expensive? So I had to explain about, yeah, we're putting a really powerful CPU on here and then the construction and everything. And so just the fundamental cost 
to manufacture this goes way up. Okay. Could you talk to us about the construction? You know, what makes that durable where you think that will la- outlast other sensors on the market? Uh, sorry, Sandy. Andy, just to go back a little bit, uh, I forgot to talk about the sensor technology okay. as well, not just the AI. Uh, so uh, regarding the sensor technology, the sensor boards we're actually using are actually, there are two sensor panels, which is also kind of an industry first because most people only have one single panel. And the way that a panel works, and this kind of goes back into why is GeoDrop so accurate? Because uh, we've been testing these with community gardens, even people we've been through like master gardener programs. And so just long, even longtime gardeners, they're like, hey, I've never seen a sensor this accurate at this price point. Right. Um, not by a lot. And so it really gets into, well, there are kind of two types of sensor technology out there. One is this really cheap type, mm-hmm. right? This is this $10 sensor that people can buy on Amazon or eBay. What this sensor works is you basically sense at the tiny tip over okay. here. And so you basically insert this into a soil and it goes deep into the soil and only senses this tiny tip. And so that is the cheapest possible sensor. If you go one step up, what you typically have is something called a sensor panel. The difference between a sensor panel and sensor tip is that instead of sensing just a tiny bit over here, now I'm sensing across this entire panel. So that is very typically seen on a lot of the cheap $20, $30, or maybe even $40 um, sensor boards. Now, what we are actually doing is quite different because there are two things we discover. One is if we do a sensor panel like this, the sensor panel is easy to get scratched. And so if people insert and pull this out multiple times instead of leaving this inside the soil, then you may actually end up damaging the sensor panel. And when the sensor panel gets damaged, your sensor um, will no longer work. What we have then decided to do is instead of making the sensing element directly on the surface, our um, sensor probe is way thicker. It's about 50% thicker than most other sensor boards you can find on the market. And we actually use two of them. And the way that we're actually doing this is we are doing what's called displacement. It's a magnetic field displacement. What that basically means is instead of measuring and saying, hey, the soil needs to be in contact with this panel, we use two panels like this and measure the entire soil volume in between. And that is how we ended up with this design over here. So in other words, instead of doing a two-dimensional sensing, we end up sensing the entire soil volume between these two sensors. So what we're ending up, uh, what we ended up sensing is significantly more sample size than most other sensors are doing. Uh, and then because we're able to sense so much, the other thing that we actually have, which is not visible on the surface, but inside these sensor panels, we actually have multiple different sense points. And so this is actually a sensor array. It basically means that we're able to sense the soil moisture at multiple different depth level. So it's not a single reading, but rather we're able to see the water propagation after you water, how quickly water comes down after a rain, how long it takes for all the water to evaporate up. And from there, it's not just moisture, but rather various soil properties, your soil type and so on and so forth. Very good. So instead of installing, let's say, three sensors at different depths, you can install one sensor and then you can run your AI on the water penetration through the soil through your one sensor. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's a lot of technology in a small package. <laughs> can you talk a little bit about just that durability of construction? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so when it comes to construction, we're using pretty expensive materials for a lot of these. So this material that I've shown over here, a lot of these are either ABS or PB or PC plastic. The plastic that we're actually using, and it's almost an advanced composite, is actually ASA. So these type of materials are extremely, extremely durable against um, outdoor environments. They're actually used a lot in uh, vehicle parts. The other two things that are interesting is one is these sensor panels, right? They're fiberglass, but they're uh, ultra thick. They're quite a bit thicker than uh, most of the others. And then even the screws, right? And then on top of the O-ring. So just to talk a little bit more about the screws, the screws that we're actually using is actually stainless steel, not regular steel. So this is the difference between two types of screw. This over here is what's commonly seen in a lot of the consumer electronics, smart sensors out there. They're small, tiny. They're made of steel, but they're not stainless steel and they're zinc plated. What we actually use, and you'll notice a difference in color, this is a 316 stainless steel. Uh, the 316 stainless steel is actually way more robust than the most stainless steel that you see using kitchen and, and bathrooms. But these are actually used in marines, okay. like uh, boats and so on, because they are really tough and really, really rust resistant against all kinds of chemicals, which is something that we really want to ensure that people can use geodrops everywhere. And so if there are uh, people with properties near the coastline, right, and they actually get, say, salty wind and things like that, for example, we want geodrops to last. Yeah, and so, excellent. I mean, the product yeah. has to work. It has to, has to last a long time, or you'll have a good customer experience at first and then over time if it were to degrade then that's a poor you know a poor look on the company so yeah yeah i applaud you for even looking at the smallest detail like a screw <laughs> that other people might completely overlook yeah and then the other thing we're looking at as well the second thing that's most important is our um, environmental seal design so this is a geo drops again i have this over here which is the bottom piece unit that you uh, basically remove in order to put in the four batteries. You'll see in here that there's a red circle around this. That's the O-ring. Okay? okay. So the O-ring is important to actually ensure that we have a watertight seal. There are two things that's really important and interesting about our O-ring. One is the thickness of it. Notice how the O-ring is almost as thick as the entire screw. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this this O-ring is actually designed, and a lot of these designs are actually borrowing from um, underwater camera housing, those expensive underwater camera housing that's used wow. for um, SLR cameras. Yeah, um, those have so to work. <laughs> it, it has to work, exactly. And what we're effectively sealing here, so this goes way beyond, like, because a lot of time people talk about cell phones, right? Because modern cell phones are like IP67. I already think like that's amazing for like even doing underwater photography, but like, no, like this goes way up beyond that. So this, the requirement we're designing against is way stricter than IP67. And the reason we actually need this, oh, and by the way, this material is uh, silicone. It's actually okay. not rubber. Uh, we actually need a much more advanced material and we're not using, um, ended up using silicone composite. In now, why is silicone a better choice than rubber? Great question. Uh, rubber is really great for seeding water and um, oil, but it's not so great for seeding moisture, hmm. which is the thing that is really important for geodrops. Uh, moistures end up um, coming in and leaking through the O-ring in um, microscopic uh, molecular size. And so moistures are way harder to seal compared to water. Okay. And what's really unique for geodrops is 
because we design GeoDrops to last for an entire year, it basically means that if someone say install GeoDrops in the winter or in the summer, and then have the GeoDrops last outside through、um, an entire year, the temperature delta actually causes a significant pressure drop.、Hmm. That pressure drop ends up sucking or squeezing out moisture, and so we need to seal this such that to ensure that. This can protect from any kind of moisture leak, even under pressure. Does that mean it's vacuum sealed? Would that be the right way to describe that? Or、uh, it's not quite vacuum sealed because usually when people say vacuum, they're talking about extracting air from from a single device. But more rather, it's it's kind of an enclosed housing. You can think about it as once it's fully sealed, that environment inside, even though it's not vacuum, is completely separate. From anything from the outside, and even the tiniest possible moisture will not be able to leak through. Now, can we talk about the fun stuff? The wireless.、Sure. Let's talk about the wireless because that's one of the main barriers to installing a device like a solar moisture sensor. Is sometimes the controller is you know in the garage or in the basement, and in order to make it easy for someone, they just need to go and to use your words, just drop it out there in the in the lawn. And have a wireless signal. So tell us about that. Yeah. So for GeoDrops,、um, GeoDrops is an entire family of items. So we're starting with a droplet, the water droplet. The water droplet, as shown before, because of a co- powerful computer we put on there, we actually have a full-blown wireless antenna that can actually do、um, relatively high、um, in engineering words again, high gain antenna gains、um, to actually connect to home Wi-Fi. So most cheap sensors out there connect through Bluetooth, right?、Mm-hmm. And then in order for you to actually access the system remotely without being nearby, you have to start with at least Wi-Fi. So that's what the、um, starting point of a GeoDrops does. Now, one thing on top, which is once people add a station, a station is kind of like an access point、okay. that GeoDrops can connect to. Um, and the station also allows you to connect it directly to your irrigation controller if you have one. If you don't have one, only want it to use for wireless extension. That's also great. With the station and the individual droplets, once those two are in present, it will switch over from your home Wi-Fi to a proprietary、uh, connection wireless protocol that we actually wrote. The protocol is actually based on BTLR, and the range is about four times longer than most standard home Wi-Fi. Okay. And all of that are within a GeoDrops unit. Excellent. So, what are you? What is the approximate distance that you that someone could get and maintain ninety five percent connectivity? <laughs> so, the spec that's commonly being、uh, advertised is several hundred、uh, feet. Okay. We need to do a little bit more testing on that front in order for us to、uh, finalize that number. But I think the number that's been thrown out there is something like. Up to either six hundred feet or up to eight hundred feet. Okay, and, and that would be from your station to the sensor, not to the home Wi-Fi network, but from your station that would be installed next to the irrigation controller. From there to the sensor, six hundred feet or so. That's correct. Yes, and then in terms of the radius, right? Because a lot of people talk about, hey, so how large does that mean in terms of total, say, backyard size? It can work for up to about two acres of lot, okay, which is in our mind good enough or quote quote good、That's、enough for a lot bigger than the average、owners. irrigated system. <laughs> yeah, 
it may not be good enough for farmers, but uh, for most yeah, houses, it's going to be a different technology anyway. So I, you know, for your average home, that's plenty of wireless range. Yeah, that's the thinking. Yeah, excellent. Well, I think GeoDrops looks really promising. I can't wait to install some beta devices and try it for myself. And I wish you guys the best of luck. I really do believe that Soil Moisture Sensor is the right tool for the job to automate an irrigation system. It's the only tool for the job. And it will just, the market, the industry in the world is waiting for somebody like you to bring this technology to market. So thank you so much for sharing and wish you the best of luck. Thank you, Andy.